I want to thank my co-stars, uh, Leo, Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie's feet, Margaret Qualley's feet, Dakota Fanning's feet. Seriously, Quentin has separated more women from their shoes than the TSA. Thunder Rooster Podcast. My name is Ron. And I'm Paul. And today we are going to be talking about a critically acclaimed uh, director, writer, film actor, film actor, actor, and screenplay writer, Quentin Tarantino. Or aka the bad boy of film. Or Mr. QT. (laughs) (laughs) Or Mr. Right, right. Mm, that's haunting. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Sure. So, Ron, how we doing, man? Um, all right. Yeah. End of the week. Yeah. The weekend's uh, here. I had an anxiety attack that it may currently still be going on, but uh, I'm here. Okay. Got the weekend going. It's all we'll, good. We'll take it easy. We'll yes. Yeah. We'll just relax. Hard no. <laughs> Hence the shirt. <laughs> but anyways, um, I've always been been. Always been a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino huge ever fan. since seeing Pulp Fiction. Uh, just that whole way he combined multiple stories in a non-linear fashion. That's just how, I, kind of blew that's my how mind. I feel about Kill Bill. That just, but yeah. Um, we just kind of want to spotlight his uh, his road to ten movies. Um, obviously, he's done a lot of work outside of just you know his own movies. Um, he's even had a stint on Broadway for a second or two. That's amazing. But. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot of hits. There's a lot of uh, bangers on this guy's list here. Um, I haven't seen maybe two movies on here. And excuse me, which ones uh, haven't you seen? Jackie Brown, okay, and Death Proof, okay. And I haven't seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it's true. Just hadn't heard of Jackie Brown for mm-hmm. some reason, but I uh, I watched a trailer for it mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, and I was like, "How have I not seen I this movie?" I it looked good. It's awesome. And you obviously have Pam Greer. I mean, all those awesome. actors. Awesome. There's just one greatness right. name after the other. But she was brilliant. Well, yeah, I really like uh, what the man's done with his uh, direction. Um, He's just got a great eye and ear for things, and uh, and we'll get into some of those examples. He's he truly like some stuff up. in love with cinema. I agree. Like, I mean, I know he worked. He's, uh, I mean, he lo- he loves film like Kubrick loves film. I mean, right? We can pretty much another name up there. I mean, yeah. same kind of concept, really. Um, I mean, he worked at a little video rental place. You know. That, well, I, did, he that I didn't in, know. That was interesting. He was taking acting classes and eventually ended up getting a gig on the Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's bless your heart, B. Arthur. Bless your heart, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a little part right up here so you can see. I love the Golden it's Girls. It's quite entertaining seeing him doing an Elvis <laughs> impersonation. But uh, So he ends up uh, 
making his first little featurette, uh, something that took him probably three years to make, mm-hmm. just doing it on the weekends. Sure. And uh, ended up not being worth a damn to him after the fact because, you know, it was his first time doing it and it just didn't piece together as well in his mind as he'd liked it to. So uh, somehow or another, the film actually ended up getting destroyed, but the screenplay <laughs> of that uh, feature- which was called like my best friend's birthday party or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the actual screenplay ended up getting sold to, um, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, ended up becoming true romance. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of his first little, you know, chunk of money he got from Hollywood, which was 50 grand. He ended take up it. <laughs> taking that money sure. and uh, creating Reservoir Dogs. Uh, so I got Harvey Keitel involved and, you know, he's the guy, you know, even in Pulp Fiction, he's <laughs> the guy, <laughs> Mr. Wolf there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they got involved. They ended up raising more money and something you'll see a lot with Quentin. And, uh, I think it was even his initial start with trying to do it with 50 grand for Reservoir Dogs, but he wants to take a low budget and make it seem like it's a higher budget film by doing it sure. a certain ways. So course. he ends up making 1.5 seems like it's eight, $9 million worth of a film there. And then when Pulp Fiction rolls around, he wants to make a like 15, $20 million looking film out of 8.5 million. <laughs> I just love discovering how, I guess the back end of the scenes were with, you know, getting these films created. I mean, there's so much hustle and bustle. I guess really I kind of uh, forget like how much actually goes into getting a movie made. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you have to think about how many people's how many dreams hands on, and yeah. un- how many hands on deck hours. are involved in the process right but you have people's scripts just lying on the floor that they're trying to get movies made sure. so it's hard it's like winning the lottery if you get a movie because there's scripts going everywhere oh yeah and then you have to get people behind it but something that uh really catches everybody's attention with tarantino and his screenwriting or script making um there were countless people that said that it was the best script that they had ever read because when you're reading it, you're getting people's faces put in your mind as you're reading. You can hear the voice when you're, and that's you know, what you, through it. that's what you want. Yeah. And that's how you sell a script. Let me tell you. But <laughs> 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 well, yeah. Uh, so the man's setting out to make 10 films and then he's going but- to stop. Right. He's going to stop completely? That's what Yeah, he's after that. I mean, I'm sure if there's okay. something that right, right. gives him enough of a hard on to make another one, then right. I'm sure it'll happen. So before that, before we go further, cuz we were obviously discussing it. So what what when when his name came up or whatever, how did you find out about him? Cuz I I have a story as far as like back then when his movies came out, you know, early 90s, there was nothing that I saw. Um, my, my earliest recollection of what Quentin Tarantino was involved in was seeing like, you know, a promo ad for the MTV Movie Awards for Pulp Fiction yeah. or or seeing the actual commercial, not knowing anything about his movie or movies. It was just a matter of, you know, you see like the Uma Thurman scene where she's dancing with her fingers over her eyes and, yeah. and the music and everything like that. I didn't know anything about it. I was 14 at the time, so right. I really didn't care. 
And it wasn't probably until at least college is when I started seeing some of his movies. Yeah. I mean, the uh, first time I ever saw uh, Quentin Tarantino was in Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Uh, but that was just seeing him act. So. Right. And actually, I didn't even know the name of that actor at the time until after I got you know, familiar with Quentin stuff. But yes, Pulp Fiction also grabbed me and, you know, the three different stories, storylines intertwined <clears throat> with each other, as well as it being a completely nonlinear story. Sure. Uh, I hadn't seen anything up right, to that neither, point. Neither have I. Yeah. So that kind of set my bar because that, that was my favorite movie of all time for the longest time. Now there's just too many movies of mine that are like in that top five. <laughs> there's category. too many things like, that you're gonna have to sit there and oh, break down your list. Honestly, but, it's just yeah. whatever mood I'm in that yeah. the time would be a, some different version of my of all-time favorite movie. But there is so, a top five that I'll pick from. <laughs> so ten, so ten, and he's done. Other than unless something comes about, right? Because we can elaborate on this as a, as a side note. So to the fans or the people who've watched Kill Bill series, there are two films. There should be a third one. Mm-hmm. There was the screenwrite that came about several years ago, but then that got hacked and he was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Which bothers me because I, I do want this series to come to an end because I love it so much. Yeah. So it upsets me, but I understand yeah. f- from his standpoint. You know. That's another thing too. If you count both movies uh, separately, yeah. you know, once upon a time Mexico would have been his tenth, but he considers Kill Bill one and two as one movie. One movie. Yeah. And my theory on that is maybe they were both shot at the same time, and maybe well, they came a, out within a year, it was yeah, a year after. Yeah. yeah, so they they I think they must have. So that, that makes me believe that it was probably shot as one film and then cut into two, or both were shot simultaneously. Right. But um, yeah, so. He ends up making Reservoir Dogs, and uh, he goes to make Pulp Fiction, as we just just, just discussed. And you're, 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 he's bringing along, you know, people he's worked with and that he's a big fan of, you know, that had a good working relationship. So he brings them over to Pulp Fiction. So there's a lot of faces you'll recognize from Reservoir Dogs. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, what was his name? Michael... Um, Michael Madsen. Um, he played Mr. Blonde. Mike Madsen? Mike Madsen, yeah. Uh, yeah Inside he, joke, um, sorry. You know, he was actually tapped to play Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. It's true. But he ended up uh, doing Wyatt Earp with uh, Kevin Costner. So that would have been an interesting pick, and they actually had a real hard time in a struggle trying to get uh, John Travolta on there because at the time his, yeah. his career was going down the toilet basically. And it was, a, and that's another thing I totally forget. That was a resurgence for him. Oh yeah. That yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, it definitely saved his career. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, I don't think it was done on purpose. I no, just no. I just, that he just thought he was the guy. And just, just a side, side note about this. I don't want to take too much time away, but you can see in other movies, he he likes Hollywood. Like he likes veterans. Mm. Kurt Russell. I mean, he that's just an example. He brings he brings Hollywood back. I mean, you see some of the movies where well, people it's, it's love for film. Yes. Uh, I think he's just not only that, the people he works with Sure. You know, that's kind of like what we're saying. He keeps bringing people oh, over. Of course. Like, I think he finds like the true players, the actual actors. Right. 
and uh, he connects with that. And I think that's mm-hmm. why he keeps bringing him over. And like Completely you said, agree. you know, Kurt Russell used a lot. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Also use a lot. <laughs> I mean, Don Johnson. I mean, they use just a lot of, a lot of actors. Yeah. That he has appreciation for. But yeah, from uh Pulp Fiction, you went to Jackie Brown. Uh, you've seen it. You want to talk a little? It's been, that? it's been a long time since I've seen it, but what I can kind of elaborate is, it's that, so Pam Greer's character, she, she plays a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a flight attendant, if I recall. Yeah. And there's basically a situation that goes in um, <laughs> as far as where she's under the radar uh, as far as not really. <laughs> it's been so long. Just scratch that. Um, no, as far as Jackie Brown, I have seen it. Yeah. It's been several years. In the it's making. a great movie. though. Right? It is a very good movie. Yeah. It, it's a like Bob De Niro's in it. From what I do remember is that she had played uh I think she was a flight attendant. Yeah, she was. Um, and then I think she got mixed up with the wrong people. I think maybe it was like a former boyfriend or someone. And then she had like the police help out with, with some things because she was involved, like afraid for her safety hmm. is, is what I think I could be wrong on that. It's, I think so. Either that or the trailer is very misleading, <laughs> but I've only seen the trailer. That's the reason but why I would yep, love to, she was a flight but, attendant, <laughs> but I do remember she, she was awesome. Like, yeah. Uh, Pam Greer was in a lot of a lot of movies yeah. in the seventies, so she was she was you know she was a very popular actress and yeah. and he loves the time genres like he loves using music of different eras mm-hmm. he loves using actors from different eras yeah. it's just what he likes right he just finds what's good for the film absolutely and it, and it works but yeah I have yet to see that movie but it seems like it'd be a lot of fun it's a great um, movie from the trailer I thought I thought it was a uh, you know, a flight tenant ends up with a private detective and well, that's a, what, yeah, he is a private detective. Like a, what do you call him? Um, it's not a loan shark. It's a, Oh, like a bondsman or something uh, like that. No, it deals with betting. Uh, Oh, gambler. Bookie. Bookie. Yeah. Bookie. Slipped my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, um, it does look like it'd be a fun movie. It's a good movie. I, I'm going to kick myself for not seeing that. That's okay. But anyways, it goes on to Kill Bill uh, with Uma Thurman. And uh, this is one of Paul's favorite it's movies. Top 10, hands down. Yeah. So I might put one or two. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was actually, that was an excellent movie. Um, you know, like we just said, you know, he, he considers them both one movie. And it, it's one of those things that kind of... You know, watching one and two back to back makes the most sense, obviously, because oh, yeah. <laughs> like it, I make it. That's the reason why I kind of argue with myself, thinking like this should have been one whole movie, like a single movie. You got to kill Bill. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there wasn't enough time. No, um, he went in to make a, a grindhouse feature. Yeah, with a, with a director known as uh, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Yes. And we had, let me think here, we had Rose. He did uh, Death Proof and he did Planet Terror. And you had Rose McGowan in the one movie, uh, Kurt Russell. And Death. Yep. Death Ro- uh, Rosiana Dawson, I think. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, Dawson. Yep. yeah. Just trying to remember, but that's a long time on those movies. Yeah, yeah. They're, n- they're not really in my top, like, nothing against them. It's just, I wasn't really, they were good. Oh, no, like, he's got some real, like, Heavy hitters, yeah, yeah, for oh, movies yeah. and like Reservoir Dogs. I've watched heavy, once. heavy. Pulp Fiction, I have heavy. seen that like heavy, at well, least twenty five to thirty times. Yeah, yeah. You know, realistically, sure. 
but like Kill Bill, I've seen that a handful of times. And then I watched The Hateful Eight, like really like last week and i was just like it was a good movie yeah but it had a lot of similarities to reservoir dogs I hate to say that oh but, yeah he's got you know, he's you got know. a certain way <laughs> he's got a criteria you know don't mess with that yeah but um we'll wrap on, yeah. uh, on kill bill in a second because i'm pretty sure paul got something to add to that but we will be right back after this nice little commercial hello everybody and welcome to slash you my name is Nick. And I'm Andy. Hey, Andy, what do we do at Slash U? At Slash U, we're a weekly podcast where we try to educate you about a campy, forgotten slasher horror movie made sometime between the years 1977 and 1988. Find us at SlashUPodcast.com or on Instagram, SlashU underscore podcast. Yeah, give us a listen on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for joining us. Slash U class dismissed. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the little Welcome promo back. for uh, Slash U. Uh, those guys are kicking it pretty hard over there. Hope you enjoy their stuff. You check them out. Uh, picking it back up. We're at Kill Bill. And uh, but we'll go into it a little later. Sure. I want to get into uh, his notable styles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and go down through the list. Uh, his next film after the Kill Bill 1 and 2 is... Uh, Death Proof, which was like a grindhouse feature mm-hmm. with Robert Rodriguez. Kind of like a 70s inspired thing, because when you would yeah. see the movie start, it was like you a know, double feature, your yeah. feature presentation. <laughs> 70s music and yeah. just all that. So uh, he ends up doing uh, Death Proof and Rodriguez did Planet Terror. Um, a couple years after that, they released Inglorious <laughs> Bastards, which is uh, one of my top Tarantino <laughs> movies. I uh, freaking love that movie. Um, Let's kill some Nazis. <laughs> Killing Nazis. Best part. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you get into that whole rewriting history type stuff with that movie, and it right. ended very awesome. But something... <laughs> that bar, was, sorry, the bar scene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a comment on that for a minute. But anyway. Three. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah, something uh, a little bit of a trivia i guess for this uh the part of the bear jew in inglorious bastards <laughs> uh it was not originally for um i believe it's the actor's name is eli roth yes and uh it was actually supposed to be for adam sandler <laughs> now, can you picture adam sandler playing the bear jew in glorious bastards proceed <laughs> i love adam I don't yeah i don't see that at all it's hard to picture but i believe he could have done it no no, no i know I, yeah. i'm just joking I mean, he Once does, I saw spanglish i'm like i the guy's got a serious side totally uh, have you seen punch drug love no oh he does a really does amazing okay. job i haven't seen a cut gems yet i'm sinning on that one but sure. uh yeah i need to see that i heard great things about that mm-hmm but moving on, we get into 2012. He releases Django Unchained, mm. and this love movie, it. love that. <laughs> it's definitely a top. I mean, but just the cast that they picked. I mean, he's amazing. Great with casting. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Leo, Leo is something else. Yeah, that scene. Wow, where he smashes the glass, wow. actually cuts his hand. He just keeps going. <laughs> It's crazy. He's a beast, man. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, it's obviously there's the theme, you know, it's kind of revisiting slavery times and everything. He kind of wanted to do that, but show slavery like I guess it was. He he wanted to be as for him, he wants to be as accurate as possible and he wanted to depict it. It is yeah. a, it is a tough movie to watch at times. Yeah. And then show that kind of blood for blood oh, yeah. kind of thing Just, in the end of it. Will Smith was actually tapped to play Django. Did you know that? That could have worked. It could have, but I still like was, Jamie Foxx better. He but didn't like he didn't like the blood for blood thing. He I wanted to be a that. love story, and that's the reason why he wasn't down to do it. Well, that's it. what Quentin didn't want to do. That yeah, I can but uh, great choice. Yeah, Django is a great movie. Oh, uh, one of the funniest scenes I've seen <laughs> in one of his movies is the part where Jonah Hill's in it. They're <laughs> talking about their mask. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could insert that here, but just in case I can't, you know, check it out. But uh, his eighth movie is The Hateful Eight. Uh, Paul, you just saw this movie. Yeah, it was uh, hatefully violent. <laughs> yeah. It was a great movie. Uh, one thing I will say about that is uh, when he, when uh, the lady in there destroys the guitar, or her guitar she has. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. yeah. During the movie, they have a like you were million me, dollar. Yeah, you were telling me about this. I didn't even know that it's an old million dollar guitar oh. type thing that they're using for scenes. Well, there was supposed to be a swap out with the prop, and Kurt Russell grabs it and smashes it. So her reaction when she the the guitar gets smashed is a reaction is oh my god that was the wrong guitar. <laughs> Music time's over. What? Whoops. I want to know whose guitar that was. Right. Like, <laughs> shit. Yeah, Did not know. It was Tarantino's now guitar. Back, then. Now I'm going to go back to that just for that spot and be like, oh, shit. Right. Yeah, it could have been. But yeah, and then we end up on his ninth, which is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, that was a great movie as well, I'm sure. If you haven't seen it, I just highly suggest you go see it, Paul. But uh, watching it this weekend. <laughs> I mean, it's another kind of change of history thing, you know. I won't give it away, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's just another great Tarantino movie. I mean, he just has his art style, so to speak. Sure. Dark comedy. I fucking love dark comedy. It's what gets me. I love that. If I was to make a movie, I would make a comedy horror movie <laughs> like i would find some way to combine the two and make it be scary yeah but you also laugh within the next five minutes you know <laughs> be a lot of farting yeah probably probably be like a ghost is about to pop out somewhere and all of a sudden um, and he's like yeah geez, not right man, you stink dude i'm good just kind of fades back into the wall <laughs> Nice, nice dude. So, uh, Paul's going to go into uh, some some of the reasons why we love Quentin Tarantino. You know, it goes with his, you know. Why does he love the art? Right. His love for film. I mean, it goes into how he shoots his movies, Mm -hmm. what he shoots his movies on, his his choice of music for soundtracks. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy is in love with the craft. He spends everything. And 
the the break we have coming up between now and our uh three shots of funny uh i will play something that really it, it kind of spoke to me with how his craft of it is and just talking about filmmaking in sure. general sure but i'll play that for you on the uh break coming up but uh yeah paul tell us a little sure. bit about his mo- the love of his the movie art. angles of and, course so yeah. as you said as far as the way he approaches film and he approaches the arts as far as music the first thing that Quentin does when he does scenes is that he doesn't pick the scenes. He picks the scenes around the music. Yeah. That's the first thing he does. He does not even do anything else. He picks his track first, and then he balances it around that, which I thought was really interesting. Some people do different options. Maybe that's his thing. Some people storyboard first, then add the elements later. He goes music first, yeah. and then he builds around it. So that was one angle was something interesting I learned. See, for me, that would be weird because that'd be like me writing lyrics to a song right. before making the music. And I know that's a little, that's backwards that's, for a lot of people. Right. But I, it just I think depends. I'm weird with that. But. but there's nothing wrong with that. I always write the music first and then I have to make the lyrics. That could be. Right. <laughs> so as far as his approaches, and we're just going to do a couple small examples because we don't want to be here all day with this because you can see this in all his films pretty much. But. What I like to single out are a couple things. So we've talked about Reservoir Dogs, and Reservoir Dogs is an incredible movie. And one of the things that you see, and you could kind of call it messed up or not, but an example, in Reservoir Dogs, there is a scene with Mike Madison, mm-hmm. or Michael Madison, <laughs> can't even get that on my head, um, and uh, Tim Roth. They're in an abandoned building. Tim Roth is tied up at this point. Michael Mad walking around with the blade. And then Stuck in the Middle with You comes on, which is a very happy-go-lucky song. Puts you in a great mood, and he's over there dancing. Yeah. He's strutting his stuff. Then he's going to do a little gash here, a little gash here, take an ear off. Whoa. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Wait. That's one. Kill Bill, which I love. One of the scenes in the first movie is... uh. Uma Thurman's character is currently in a hospital Yeah, at this point. And Daryl Hannah, who plays the nurse in the movie, comes walking down the hallway. And what you end up knowing is that basically she's going there to try to put her down yeah. with a shot. So this music comes on, the, the whistle song, we'll call it that. And it's very peaceful. And it's very relaxing. And then right at the end, it just goes completely haywire. And it just gets dissonant. It's nasty. It's just all this noise all over the place. But then you kind of end up seeing, oh, well, this was this sweet little harmony that was happening. And now it's not. Yeah. Because she's literally going in there to go ahead and euthanize her right. at that point. And just for the idea of the, the music is setting the mood for what's happening. Because you can, you and I can both agree, a lot of scenes a lot of different movies are not what they are if it wasn't for music. Halloween right. would have not been as big as it was for Not That Song. So he does a lot of that in the movies. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the other thing I'd like to talk about is his love for the wide shot. Yeah. Now, a lot of directors will either, they like wide shots for their for the composition. They might go uh, hot zooms or close-ups for a lot of things. Excuse me. But a lot of the time, Quentin likes the wide shot. Mm-hmm. Two examples. Kill Bill, before the fight, before the Crazy 88s. There's this wide shot of Uma Thurman just sitting there on the platform of the restaurant. Yeah. The entire squad comes out 
all over the place and you just get one fighter here, one fighter here, one fighter here. It's all mapped out. You're going back and forth between your pans. Then it goes back to her and then you see the sword. Yep. <laughs> Shiny. Shing. You know what's on. <laughs> the music's kicking in. All the guys are coming around. It's just this wide shot and you just see it's her against the world. Yeah. No better way to put it that way. So that is as fascinating as it comes mm-hmm. in my point. Um, where was I going to say? Uh, and even Django was another example. Um, when Jamie Foxx's character is having his confrontation with the two slave masters, that's all wide shot. Yeah. From his outfit going, you know, even when it went from black and white to color, it's like you have the wide shot and he's, and you see everything in its, in its instance. And especially what ends up happening at that point where he takes his revenge against those two. Mm-hmm. He, he does that a lot, but I like when filmmakers use the wide shot. It gives you more. It it, it, it kind of gives you a sense of what is going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are just a couple things, but it's just like, that's his way of, I think it's like a way of creating tension to yeah. kind of get you in the, in that mood to see what's going on. Cause anybody could just sit there and have a quick camera shot on that person and go to the next person mm-hmm. and, you know, and just switch channels. But there's so much more that's involved when you get to see the way he shoots his films. Oh yeah. It's just the, the process and technicalities behind it. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still using film hundred. Yeah. I mean, he's using anamorphic film. I mean, he's been using that, I think since, uh, since Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. I think. And the only reason why he didn't use that on Reservoir Dogs, cause he didn't have the budget. For yeah. It, you know? <laughs> so, right. But <clears throat> I was watching some of the stuff uh, they did for like once upon a time in Mexico and you know they have such a huge budget for that I think they got 95 million dollars to make once upon a wow. time in Mexico so <laughs> a as lot he's different gone, from that 50 grand we yeah, started with from the time he started till now yeah. he's done nothing but his budget just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and I mean obviously the stars that are in that movie they're probably the most expensive movie oh, stars hands <laughs> down <laughs> right but I mean, his choice of cameras, his choice of music, just, the way he films things, the way he lights things in, right. in the cinema. Again, it kind of goes back to, you know, we're both Stanley Kubrick fans. I, I I put those two at the top of the list for the most part. Yeah. As far as I mean, there's other really good directors like Spielberg and such, but I just I draw more to the people that really put the emphasis on the color and the composition because you have two stories. You're seeing the story of how it's being transpired to you. And then there's the story of the actual script. Yeah. You know? He's, he's an incredible story. His attention to detail is absolutely impeccable. And, and oh, the right. thing with me, what I wasn't familiar with at the time, is it's like, okay, not a spoiler, but if you guys have seen his movies, you kind of understand this. But a lot of the times, what indication, what I never really saw, and I learned this off of Reservoir Dogs, was like, you have all the characters in the movie. He does by chapter. Mm-hmm. And then he gives you he gives you the whole kind of he, he gives you the piece of the story. He gives you the breakdowns and he kind of goes like from the beginning into the middle. And then what he does is he likes to do character analysis, which is important because then we really kind of have a good idea of what each person brings to the table. Mm-hmm. So he'll do that. He'll go from character A or Mr. White or we could go, you know, I mean, yeah. from A to Z. And then once A to Z has been complete, then he brings A to Z back to the main frame. Right. Then everybody is all joined together. Now we know how everyone got to where they needed to be. I mean, it's like on Pulp Fiction, you yes. know. He basically 
I mean, if you took it down as one one thing, it's like an old New York crime yes. uh, film, basically. Mm-hmm. But he was like, well, why don't we have three three different stories and three different little crime things going on here? Right. And then he was like, what if they were all in the same community? What if they all ran in the same circle? You know, so he had, he set out to make three stories for mm-hmm. that. And the thing about it was, is he wrote two and then didn't have time to do a third one. So he ends up taking, you know, the car ride where the guy gets his head blown off an accident. <laughs> he already had that in there. So then he was like, okay, I can go more on this one. So he ends up making the whole Vincent Vega and, mm-hmm. you know, they uh, make that into the third story. Precisely. You know, and of course you, as you're watching the movie, because it's not linear, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know that these are all interconnected and intertwined nope. until you get toward the end of the movie. That's and, why I was so confused. Right. <laughs> the first like, time I see it, like, what is he doing? And then it's like, after I watched a couple times, like, oh my God, that light bulb just went off my head. But, you know, his movies are, are long. Yeah, guys, they're, they're, they push close to three hours. I mean, most yeah. of them are two, but a couple of them are close to three. But the thing of it is, is, he has a way to keep your attention. Oh, God, yes, he does. From the little details, like, there's a long out convers, long drawn out conversation in a lot of spaces on Inglorious mm-hmm. Bastards, but like toward the first of it, you know, he'll do little quick upfront shots of like a glass of milk being poured or something like that to kind of like, oh, what's going on? Why am I am I supposed right. to be paying attention to right. this? Does this have something involved with the later? Is he thing? giving me the clue? Yeah, of course he might be. You know, but of course it was just a random detail he wanted yeah. to emphasize on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I think he's just a very he's he's a very good director when it comes to detail. He might be the best out that's out there. And it might be kind of sad knowing that it might be, you know, one more film and we're done. You know, I don't I think he has way too much of a love for cinema. But then again, he might be egotistical enough to be like, yeah, one more film and then I'm done. You know, I don't want to ruin my legacy. No, of course. That's one way. And then, you know, it's like he's he's a very popular figure, but there are people that do not like him, Ron. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, just two quick examples. He is a very quirky dude. Yes. So. Yeah, I mean, we want to talk too much about it, but yeah. I mean, th- there's there's an interview um, with the with a news organization. This was back in like 2003, and yeah, um, he was getting interviewed for the Kill Bill series, and this, the, the lady was obviously not a fan of him, and she literally just said, "Well, why was there a need for so much violence. grotesque why violence?" Not let us because it's just so response much fun. Because Dad, it's fun, Jan. Oh, really? I had a blast. Get it. What else do you want me to do? Get it. So <laughs> yeah. a little crazy, but you know, and then, and then there was the incidents at the, the Sundance film festival, you know, mm-hmm. years back and had an altercation with a photog. I mean, I, I will just admit it. The guy can snap. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> but yeah, um, more on like just the saddening part of him yeah. not having another movie out there. But, yeah. Yeah. I did read in some kind of thing with like Variety or something of like that, where he says that he's wrote the scripts for three different World War II films, and none of them have an ending. So oh. that kind of makes me wonder: is oh. his tenth movie going to be a World War II flip? Maybe it could be, but you and I <laughs> both know, and we we want the Kill Bill volume to be complete, but it's not. I don't think it's happening. I really don't. But well, it's not you, complete. You never know. But. It's not complete. I get it. I get it. He had it got leaked the script and he took it off. I get it. 
Yeah. But um, we love Quentin Tarantino. Love you, That's man. why we wanted to just kind of spotlight yes. him there for a second. Um, great artist, great talent. But uh, we're going to take another break where I'll show him our little scene I talked about earlier. But uh, get some inspiration from this if you can. And uh, we'll be back with Three Shots of Funny. You don't have to know how to make a movie. If you truly love cinema with all your heart and with enough passion, you can't help but make a good movie. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to know a lens, you know, a 40 and a 50 and a fuck all that shit. Crossing the line, none of that shit's important. If you just truly love cinema with enough passion and you really love it, then you can't help but make a good movie. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. You is know that, what time it is. That time again. Three it's three shots of funny time. Yes, sir. And this week <laughs> is bound to be a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. It's okay. Pretty good. It's yeah. a doozy. All right, so this week it is Paul's wife's pick. Can you, if you don't mind, my good sir, could you just move that a little to the right? little bit i can't see the screen guys sorry yeah one second there we are perfect all right so which one uh so that would be my wife kelly's first pick okay um we can title this hmm, life lessons life lessons and this is a good one for you so pay attention all right <laughs> what did you just do? Do that one more time. We got a kid in the store. <laughs> <laughs> number one. <laughs> You're number one. <laughs> Which one? This one. The half one. Which finger are you supposed to use? It's jumping like Leah. Which one are you supposed to use? <laughs> Liam, Liam, which is your pointer finger? Liam, stop flipping everyone off. That's right. Let's stick that one in the air, okay? There you go. Don't do it, kid. Don't do it. Oh, good mommy. Good mommy. So, there's something to look forward to in six months. <laughs> Uncle Paul is not going to show the ways of that one. So, be funny. <laughs> I could just see going down like the store and just see a little kid doing that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so cute. Well, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. What do you got for me? Uh, I've actually got two. They're related to you, but I'll play one okay. and then I'll play yours and then we'll come back. Okay. All right. What do you, uh, what's the setup for yours? Uh, this one's called uh, Clear Out. Clear <laughs> Okay. We're at a sports stadium. A rather large man breaks gas. <laughs> and he is clearing out the bleachers. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 
Oh, that laugh. <laughs> that per- that person's making me laugh harder. <laughs> you have people running away. You can't fuck a boy. There's like... <laughs> I mean, he clapped that stadium. Poor guy. He's just waving it around. He's poor guy. It's like, there's not that many people around, but me, he cleared the room out. I love how he first starts out. He's just waving. He's like waving it off, you know, like nobody's watching. Next thing you know, one guy leaves. Then the other guy's. He got all, he's created a force field around himself in a stadium. Oh, God, that must have stopped. Oh, man, I've had some of those. Back a punch. All right, what do you got next? This one's yours. Oh, I thought I thought you said you had two. Oh, we're I do have two, okay. but I'll go play mine. All right, all right go. Uh, no, just we got this theme going. Just, just go ahead. I don't have a title for this run. Okay, you'll appreciate it. Alexa, another Alexa. Can you give me a fart. Seventeen times in a row. Alexa, you seriously do this? Can you fart 17 times in a row? 17 farts come in a row. Who did that look like? Your long lost brother. Right. Yeah. Keeping the bodily fluids rolling. Well, I was expecting to hear 17 farts in a row. But, but it was real silent. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this. I go, oh, son of a bitch. This is long lost brother. I'm throwing it on there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I I'm just going to start now calling. I think no, of no, it. No. My mom does have an Alexa. Well, I bought her one for Christmas a couple years I back. And we got it to fart. Your yeah. new name should be Ass Man. Ass man I, or Mr. Ass? I'm Mr. A ass. Man. I don't think that. Do you remember that guy in wrestling? I forget who he was. You're Mr. Ass. Billy Badass. Mr. Ass. Oh no, that way. <laughs> got him. All right. All right. What do you, What do you got for so me? So mine, mine's the same vein as the one I showed before from the stadium, uh, and this is more oh. sports related. Okay. I call uh, dug out the crack. <laughs> Got a nice little dugout here. We got the Rangers against the, the Baltimore Orioles, and yeah, let's see what's going on here. So the players are leaning over the railing, kind of s- separated. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody cut one. <laughs> Josh Hamilton's like, damn, that see, smells like ass. He's starting to see people just have this look of disrespect. <laughs> There's you, Darvish. He's like, damn, that's a smelly ass. He's like, like, he's like, my man, that's. <laughs> he's like, you didn't go before the game. Oh, or the whoever smelt it first, dealt it first, smelt right? Smelt it, smelt it, yeah. dealt it, yeah. Oh God. Oh man. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to play it on this one, but 
I kind of want to show it because I'm kind of prideful in this. So, okay. I first found this clip and uh, I thought it'd be hilarious, but I couldn't find it anywhere to show it. So, I was like, I know what they're using, so I'm going to recreate it myself. So, that's what I did. I got the song that was using, the little clip it took from some, like, excuse me, National Geographic kind of animation. Goodness. Nice. But yeah, I cut them uh I cut them all together and added some little effects to it. <laughs> Wait, could, you, just, could you still can you still kind of move it a little more to the right? It'll get there. I just can't see that. Just says monkey, monkey, <laughs> stupid monkey. Oh god! Can uh, see it again. <laughs> go monkey, go monkey, go monkey. <laughs> That is awesome. <laughs> Something about monkeys, man. Something about monkeys. That's so damn funny. It's so funny because, like, you can see them in movies and stuff like that. And if you, like, if I ever see a monkey <laughs> slap a dude across the face on TV, I'm going to laugh. It's just like me hearing a fart or something. I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Oh, God. I recreated that. So that's my hand <laughs> on that video. But it was completely. You're welcome. I just copied something I saw once. But <laughs> you're welcome, America. <laughs> All right. Oh, so that was episodes episode twenty four oh. of uh, Three Shots of Fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, going to do a little something special for uh, our next episode. It's the twenty uh, fifth episode. Big two five guys. What does that mean? It's going to be our twenty fifth episode. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, what is the twenty fifth episode going to be about, Ron? Uh, it's going to be a whole episode of three shots. Three shots of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for checking us yes, out. Yes, thanks again. Hit us up on our website, thunderrooster.com. All of our links are there, and you can also... Drop uh, us a link, stories, anything that you guys have kind of... Uh, you yeah. know, places you've been, any testament stories from any of our shows that we've had. Yeah, for drop sure. Drop some comments. Uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we really need all the help we can get on that. Tell a friend, have subscribe. Watch our shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for checking Thanks us again. Out. Have a great weekend. See you next week. See you next week.
the face. Why the fuck you do that? 